0: And we give uh, give thanks to our worship team we are so blessed in many ways so many ways and uh, today I just even more so I think are just filled with with gratefulness for for all that that God has done and is doing and just the many gifts that that he's given our church and the ways that we have been good stewards of it I believe and, and continue to do so so thank you thank you for being a part of that um, as I mentioned earlier there are a lot of things uh, from uh, from Easter last year that that I missed but um, one of the things I missed most was being able to say something to you and for you to say it back to me so I want to start uh, by doing that will you, will you guys do that with me this morning he is risen amen let's do it one more time he is risen he is risen. Amen. Thank y'all for doing that for me. Uh, this is such a, a special day in the life of our church. It's a special day in the life of the church. It's a special day in, in human history. It's a day for us to celebrate because it's the day that Jesus conquered sin and death once and for all, for all humanity. And, and he did that by, by coming and living and dying and rising from the grave, moving us from death to life. Amen? Uh, We just finished. If you've been around for the last few weeks, if you haven't, that's okay. You don't need to know any of this stuff. But if you've been here, we've been uh, doing this series for the season of Lent called From Graves to Gardens. And we've been talking about and and kind of reflecting on this journey uh, that we all take, this journey of salvation and transformation that's ours as followers of Christ. And we've been talking about how uh, when we let God do what only God can do, then God can do amazing things in and through you. God transforms us, uh, not only saves us, but transforms us to be who God has called and created us. Be. It's an amazing thing. It's the good news of God's grace and we've been talking about it for a while now We're gonna keep on talking about it because it's good news uh, But we've been talking about how God can move us in our lives These journeys that we take when we allow God to do what only God can do uh, we move from rejection to redemption we move from revenge to restore restoration. We move from rehearsal to renewal. We move from lament to ascent. We move from psalms to palms. And today on this Easter Sunday, what I want to talk about for just a few minutes is I want to talk about how Jesus took, or God took Jesus and takes us from the grave to the garden. And, and here's what I mean by that. It's in our scripture lesson this morning. There's this little sentence in John's gospel that we're gonna look at this morning. And and there's this powerful word that that's hidden right there in plain sight. It, it's what I like to call an Easter egg. That's a term they use in movies, right? Do you know about that where they place something there? It's kind of hidden in plain sight. It's put there by the writer uh, for those who are really paying attention. And, and if you see it, if you can uh, discover it, then it gives it deeper meaning to the story and it gives a deeper connection to the bigger story. So, so at the end of, of John's gospel, chapter 19, there's this little detail that, that might seem insignificant, but as I was reflecting on it in preparation for today, I think it, it really sets the stage for the power and the purpose of Easter. So I want you to hear this, God's word for us today. Chapter 19, beginning at verse 41 says this, at the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid because it was the jewish day of preparation and since the tomb was nearby they laid jesus there i think it's significant i think it's important they laid jesus in this tomb in the garden okay so so here's some details i want you to remember jesus was crucified in a garden jesus was placed in a new tomb in the garden, and it was preparation day. Now, preparation day was the day before the Sabbath, okay? Um, now here's some powerful connections, I think, for, in, in these details. Many biblical scholars believe that these details in this story, especially in John's gospel, they're not just circumstantial, they're, they're theological. Uh, Every gospel writer has a, a unique purpose for writing their particular gospel. And John's goal was to connect the story of Jesus to the greater story of God and salvation history from beginning to end in order to share the good news of God's grace with others. And so that's what I think John is doing here. And so to kind of set the stage for us a little bit, I'm going to take us back to, uh, I'm going to take us back to maybe Sunday school a little bit, okay? So I want you guys to join in with me a little bit. This can be an interactive thing. Now, the sunrise service folks really talked back to me and it was cold. So y'all don't have any excuse, okay? I want to hear, I want, I want to, I want to hear from y'all. So who remembers? What happened in the creation story? In the beginning, the earth was, was, was void and formless, right? And, and what was one of the first details that, that we get? It was what? It was dark, right? Remember that? It was dark and God said what? Let there be light, right? And there was light. So there was, it was dark and, and God said light, that there be light. And then uh, we go through the order of creation and God creates human beings in the image of God, and, and he places them somewhere. Where does God place the humans that were created in his image? In a garden, that's right, you guys are doing great. The Garden of Eden, and how long does it take for God to create the heavens and the earth? What is a whole order of creation? It takes how long? Six days, you guys are really doing great. And then what does God do on the seventh day? He rested, that's where the Sabbath comes from, right? So let's keep going, y'all are doing so good. Your Sunday school teachers will be so proud. Who does God place in the garden? Adam and Eve, right? And then what happened in the garden, you remember? They messed up, right? That's what, that's what somebody said at 6.30 this morning. So they messed up. <laughs> Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and sin and death enter the world. And then do you remember what happens next? Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden. Angels were placed at the entrance so they couldn't return to the garden. I want you to remember all that. I think it's really important for what I'm about to share with you, okay? We're gonna go back to John's gospel and we're gonna see some things. So remember, Jesus was crucified in the garden. He was laid in a tomb in the garden. He was laid there because it was preparation day, the day before the Sabbath where God rested from his work. So now that we've got all that in the back of our mind, I'm gonna read for you John's gospel telling of the Easter story. You ready? Here we go. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Now I'm gonna skip down to verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look in the tomb, and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus's body had been, one at the head, one at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken away my Lord, they said. she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? And then this is my favorite verse. Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I've not yet ascended to the father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So so here are a few things from the story that I think are significant that are in connection to the details that we talked about earlier. So so it was the first day of the week. It was still dark. Mary was standing outside the tomb, which just so happens to be in the garden. She goes to the tomb, and there are angels standing there where Jesus' body used to be. Mary turns to see Jesus. She mistakes him for the gardener. And then she realizes when when he calls out her name, she realizes who it is. And he says, go and tell about all that you've seen. I believe that all these little details are Easter eggs, hidden in plain sight for those who know the story of salvation. You know, John's gospel, that's the purpose of it. It begins by by. In the same way that Genesis begins. Do you remember how John's gospel begins? In the beginning was the word. And he's talking about Jesus. The word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son sent from the father, full of grace and truth. See, this is important because I believe what John is doing here is he's making this connection because he's retelling the creation story, but now with a new ending, really with, with a new beginning. See, see, this is a, a recreation story, and the new creation story ends differently than the first story, right? The first creation story ends with disobedience to God, but this creation story uh, has obedience to God. Through Jesus's obedience to God, sin and death have been conquered once and for all. In other words. God has done what only God can do by moving Jesus from the grave to the garden. He's moving humanity from the grave back to the garden. Does that make sense? He's, he's restoring a right, our right relationship with God. He's redeeming what was stolen from us by sin and death. He's renewing us and all creation to its original intent. That's the good news of God's grace. See, we were created to be image bearers of God. We were created to be good stewards of all creation in the garden. And and though we were cast out of the garden because of sin, we've been invited back into the garden by grace through Jesus's sacrifice for us. So so in some ways, Jesus really is the gardener, Uh, but he's not just the gardener, he's, he's also the seed of salvation planted in the ground, springing forth to new life. Before Jesus died, he said this, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. But very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. What John is trying to tell us is that Jesus is the beginning of a new humanity. Jesus is the first fruits of this new creation. I love how Paul says it in 1 Corinthians. He says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom of God the kingdom to God, the father after he's destroyed all dominion, authority and power for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death for he has put everything under his feet. See, the story goes like this, the the sin of the first Adam brought death, the sacrifice of the second Adam brought life and his Resurrection gives us this this sample of salvation Paul goes on to say if you skip down a little further so it's written the first Adam became a living being the last Adam a life-giving spirit The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven and just as we have borne the image of the earthly man So shall we bear the image of of the heavenly man. When the perishable has been clothed with perishable and the the mortal with immortality, then the saying that's written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's good news. It's the good news of God's grace. That, that Jesus went from the grave to the garden so that we might go from death to life, so that we might have eternal life and abundant life in Christ. That's our story. We, we just sang about it earlier. This is my testimony from death to life. Grace rewrote my story. I'm justified, right? Y'all still with me? I thought I might get an amen in there somewhere. I don't know. It's why Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation is come, the old is gone, the new is here, it's good news. So we've heard the story from, from the beginning. I want you to hear, this is the last part, I want you to hear how the story also points us to the end, the very end of the story, God's story, our story, at the very end of the book, right? What's the last book in the Bible? Revelation, right? Good, y'all, st- y'all are still with me. In the book of Revelation, at the very end, we, we get this picture, this vision of what life in Christ looks like for, for all eternity. Revelation 21 talks about a new heaven and a new earth. And, and wouldn't you know it, right there in the middle of all of it, you know what there is? A garden, that's right, a garden. Listen to this. will be in the city and his servants will serve him. So what does all this mean for us right here, right now, this morning on Easter Sunday? Well, I wanna close with this story that I think answers that question for me and hopefully for you. I'll never forget my first Easter sunrise service Uh, when I was just a little boy. I don't really remember a whole lot about the service, I know it wasn't as cold as it was this morning, but I, don't, but I don't remember a whole lot of what the preacher even said, but I remember he said something at the very end of the sermon, just this simple phrase that, that impacted me so much that I've thought about it every Easter for the last 30 something years. And, and I wanna share it with you today. He said this, he said, you know, you'll hear folks say to live each day like it's your last. And and that's all well and good. But then he said, but because of Easter, I want to invite you to live each day like it was your first. Because of the grace of God in Jesus Christ. See, because of the story of Easter, because of the story of, of, of God's salvation from beginning to end, because of the resurrection of Jesus, because of the new life that's ours in Christ, today is the first day of the rest of our eternal life. And God's grace, God's mercies are new each morning. And this is the day that the Lord has made so we can rejoice and be glad in us. See, that's the good news of God's grace that, that, that saves us and transforms us and can transform the world around us. So I want to invite you to do that today, to realize the, 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 the magnitude of this day. Today is the day that we celebrate the victory over sin and death. Today's the day we celebrate that the curse has been reversed. Today we celebrate the new life that's ours in Jesus Christ. Today we celebrate the resurrection. He is risen. Oh, I got you. Come on, He is risen. He is risen. On this Easter Sunday, Let us not forget that and what that means for our lives and what it means for the world for all eternity. Let the good news of God's grace inspire you and encourage you to live each day like it was your first because the good news of God's grace is that because he lives, we can live. We can live beyond the the guilt and shame of our past. We can live beyond the the fear and frustrations in our present. We can live beyond our preconceived notions of the future. We can live as resurrection people here and now. We can live a resurrection life in the world because, because with God, all things are possible. And when we let God do what only God can do, then there's nothing that God can't do in and through you. So... This morning, on this Easter Sunday, let's let those seeds of, of salvation sink deep into our souls. Let's, let's, let's let the truth of, of transformation take root in our hearts and in our minds. Let the good news of God's grace transform you so that God can use you, can use us to transform the world from, from the grave to the garden. What do you say? Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm so thankful that that today we get to be together, and not only do we get to be together, but we get to share together in this beautiful picture of of God's grace. This story, uh, just a few days before the good news of the resurrection, Jesus gathered with his disciples, and he knew what was in front of him, and so he gathered them together around the table, and. They had supper together, they celebrated the Passover, the time when God's people would remember death passing over them because of the blood of the lamb. Jesus took bread and he broke the bread and he he gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat, this is my body broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave thanks to God and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so we come to participate in that today. I wanna invite you, we're gonna pray together and and we'll be invited to confess our sins to God and to allow God to prepare our hearts to receive this gift of grace today because of Jesus. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we give thanks to you for the story of salvation from beginning to end that that even though sin and death separated us from you, you made a way to return us to you, to restore our relationship with you, to give us life abundant and eternal. Now, nothing can separate us from your love that's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God, today we come... uh, acknowledging that, God, we come confessing our sin. Lord, that we have failed to be an obedient church. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. We've not done your will. We've broken your law. We've done things we shouldn't have. We've not done things we should. Forgive us, we pray. God, we thank you that your grace meets us right where we are and yet transforms us to become more like your son. We thank you. We thank you that while we were yet sinners, you sent Christ to die for us. That proves your love for us. We thank you that in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thank you, God. And now God, we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and juice. We pray that you would make them be for us the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that we might be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Holy Spirit, we pray that you would make us one with Christ and one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes again in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. I wanna invite you now as you take communion to take that top layer off and take the bread and hear these words, the body of Christ broken for you. And as you open the second layer and Drink the juice. Hear these words. The blood of Christ shed for you. Thanks be to God. Amen.